Uh, this Sunday, uh, the youth will be meeting in the, in the afternoon. So um, there's no youth group going out, so hence the youth, I'd say have to, but uh, they, they, thankfully, you've showed up today, young people, and hopefully this message today is going to be um, aimed at everyone, but particularly understandable, hopefully, with what we're going to be doing for you guys as well. And um, I've got my chocolates back there, so any participation will be rewarded. So, who do you think was the first person to ever die and go to heaven? Who do you think was the first person to ever die and go to heaven? Any ideas? I mean, it doesn't matter if you get it wrong. Die and go to heaven. Who do you think was the first person? Enoch. Now, Enoch. Enoch, yeah, Enoch was one of those two mystery people. There's two mystery people. There's Enoch and there's Elijah, Elijah, who didn't seem to die. They just seemed to be taken up. It said Enoch walked with the Lord and one day God took him. Isn't amazing? And the same with Elijah. Elijah just suddenly kind of caught up with the chariots. So those two didn't die. So we're guessing that God has a special plan for those two, maybe later on. Maybe they turn up in Revelation as the two prophets. We don't know. Okay, but who do you think was the first person to die and then go to heaven? Abel. Because Abel. Abel was killed, wasn't he, by his, his brother Cain. Here we go, Simon. Milk, chocolate or double-decker? Double decker, okay. Jude? Okay, all right, okay. So we're, we're, we're guessing Jesus, but then my question would be where did everyone else go before Jesus? Mark at the back? What? Okay. Yeah, all right, okay. This, well, what about the criminal? who suddenly stopped mocking Jesus and told his mate to shut up because suddenly he realised who Jesus was and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So all, all good guesses. How about Stephen? Yeah, Stephen who got stoned, he suddenly saw heaven open, didn't he? He saw the Lord standing next to God, okay, uh, before he died. All right, all good well, all good, uh, good suggestions. <laughs> Lazarus. That's interesting, isn't it? Because Lazarus died and Jesus resurrected him back to life. Okay, but did he go to heaven? Well, not then. He came back to life. But, okay, I can see people just calling out now. So, well, that's it. No more. Go <laughs> All right. <laughs> turn to Matthew 12. If you've got a Bible, young people, first person to turn to Matthew 12. Why is she, Connor, Noah and Lucy, who's going to be first? Matthew chapter 12. Yep, yeah. yeah, you got it? Well done. She's on 13. She's on 13. You're on 13? <laughs> Getting being stitched up by your own mum. All right. 
Matthew 12, verse 40. This is a really strange thing that Jesus says, but hopefully Jesus' strange saying will help us to work out the answer. So Matthew 12, 40, what does it say? In a deep grave. Oh, okay. Mine says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. Now, was the story of Jonah true? Did he actually get swallowed up by a huge fish and get spat out three days later? Was it? Well, if Jesus says it's true, then it must be true. But Jesus believes it. So, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man, which is Jesus, will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say he's going to spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth? Where is this heart of the earth? And why did he have to go to the heart of the earth? Okay, well, before we answer that, we're going to do a quick quiz. Have you ever been the first person to do the first thing ever? Have you ever been the first person to do the first thing that no one else has ever done? You have? What was it, Faz? I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed to say it. You're embarrassed to say it? Okay. John? Play drums in this church. John was the first person ever to play drums in this church. Yeah. Nick? The first person to marry Jude. <laughs> <laughs> Jude, is that true? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So. Let's have our first picture. We're going to do a quiz of first to be first. Okay. Now, we'll let the young people have, have a go, and if they don't get it, you can shout it out and put your hand up. What's that age for young? Uh, Under 16. Yeah, Connor, you're the oldest, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, okay. Everyone older than Connor, wait until everyone younger than Connor has had a go. Now, who's, who's this chap? Any guesses who this might be? I'm giving you the date as well for a bit of a clue. His name is Albert, and he's a resus monkey, and he's the first monkey to ever go in space. Now, he's not the first creature to go in space. The first creature, anyone know what the first creature was? No, not that I know of. I I, the first creature to go in space was actually fruit flies. <laughs> it was. In 1947, three years before a monkey went up, they would shoot fruit flies in some kind of container in V2 rockets. Now apparently, you've got to go 66 miles up in the air before officially hitting space. Okay, that's like, is it like travelling to Hastings, is it? A bit like that, but if you put Hastings up that way. 66 miles, and they would shoot V2 rockets with fruit flies, and then they, they would actually blast off and then float down with a parachute, and they were amazed that the flies were alive when they got back. So, but actually, this is Albert, the first monkey uh, in 1949 to go up into space. Okay, this next chap. All right, you've got some clues here. Who's this good-looking chap, and what did he do that was first? Any ideas? Clues in the top there? All right, I'll give you another clue. This man is called Charles Cruft. Oh, Jackie, what did he do? Yeah, amazingly, in 1886, he introduced Cruft's, the first dog competition. 
And then from there on, every year, they've had Crufts, the, uh, the show dog competition, haven't they? All right. And uh, next one. Again, maybe some clues. His name is Hubert. You don't get many Huberts these days, do we? You get a revival of some names, but I've, I've yet to met a Hubert. Hubert Cecil Booth. He's an English inventor, and he invented the... Yeah, that's the first vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Fancy dragging that around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was a mechanic and an engineer by trade, and he painted an electric machine in 1901 that went into producing the following year the first vacuum cleaner. Okay, next. Ooh, the clues in the picture. Young people, come on, there's a chocolate. Connor? You don't know? What do you think he's invented anything? No? Why is she? Somebody's saying penicillin. Somebody's saying penicillin. Yes, that is Alexandra Fleming. Thanks, John. Scottish bacterialist who discovered the first antibiotic drug, penicillin. Hands up who's had antibiotics before. Yeah, and, and actually benefited from them. Yeah, I guess some people might actually still be around and, and not have died years ago, perhaps because of penicillin or any other antibiotics. So thanks to Alexandra Fleming. All right. Before we even see this one, let's see if Jason can read from my notes from this distance. Jason? Jason, who is the next person? Is it? Should we have a look? Neil Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Maybe that, maybe that is Buzz. All right. Well, apparently, whoever was, prime, uh, whoever was present at the time said the greatest feat of mankind is when man stepped on the moon. But one of the other um, astronauts said, oh, no, actually, that's not true. The greatest thing or feat of all time is when God stepped on earth in Jesus Christ. Is it? <laughs> he's, he's already had his chocolate this morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This next one's just for Simon Rooksby. No one else can help him. Who's this, Simon? They, the clue is in the picture as well. Oh, yes. Lucy, do you know it? Okay, her name is Annie Taylor, and you can't believe any of the dates that I put up now, can you? But allegedly, in 1901, what did Annie do, Lucy? <laughs> You were there. <laughs> okay, Annie Taylor was the first woman to climb into that barrel and go over the Niagara Falls. She wasn't the first person to actually do it, but she was the first person to survive. <laughs> and it was her 63rd birthday as well. All right. And she said, 
I would sooner walk up to the mouth of a cannon knowing it was going to blow, up, blow me up to pieces than make another trip over the fall. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, young people, definitely get this one. Hands up. Why is she? The first Big Mac, which was where and when? On 1969. Okay, first Big Mac in Pennsylvania, America. Yeah. Now, they had an advert. Now, the older generation might remember. Can you tell me the recipe of a Big Mac? Remember the advert? I'll start you off. Disappointment. Two all-beef patties. Special sauce. Cheese. Sawdust. <laughs> it was two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and all in a sesame seed bun. Okay. Right. Who was this? He did. Which nationality do you think he is? British. British, yes. This is... Matthew Webb. He's the first person to swim the channel, yes. Yeah. I've got the name before you do. Okay. Who's this? Popeye, yes. Believe it or not, kids, this is the first ever superhero created for TV or comics. He's the first ever superhero. And what was his... What was his secret? He would eat spinach and his muscles would expand and he'd be super strong for a little while. And how did he eat the spinach? Did he do it for his pipe as well? He sucked it for his pipe, I think, as well. Okay. Next one. Oh, what's this? Yeah, first x-ray. This is Wilhelm, Wilhelm Conrad Rontgen. And he was the first person to take an x-ray picture. What he was doing was he was experimenting with uh, electrical discharges. And he suddenly noticed there were shadows and, and images appearing on the wall nearby. And do you know what he did? He asked his wife, which is, which is her hand with a ring on it. He said, tell you what, let's do an experiment. I want you to stand between these discharges with a photo plate behind and see what happens. And she did it. And that was the first ever x-ray. <laughs> it doesn't say. Yeah. And it's called x-ray because they're rays, obviously, but he put x in front of it because they're unknown. So x stands for unknown rays. Somehow these medical rays give you this picture. Okay. This guy... He is the first man officially recorded, I and mean, there might be other people before, but the first person to walk all around the globe. All around the globe, yeah. Um, he started off walking with his brother, John. Unfortunately, they got attacked by bandits, and John, well, they both were shot. He survived, but John, his brother, died. But he carried on making the walk, I think with his brother Peter after that. But yes, uh, it took him... Where, where's my information? It took him, well, 14,450 miles, 13 countries, 20 million steps, and 21 pairs of shoes. All right, next one. There we go. 
John Logie Baird. Have you had the sweet yet, Jackie? No? John Logie Baird, he invented the television. television. Yep. Okay, here we go. You won't believe this, kids. Ooh. What is that? Noah? Phone? It's the first mobile phone. I mean, there were other kind of big things that you could, um, you know, in the war, they could use the phone and they could um, charge it up. But that's the first mobile phone as we know it, Motorola. Okay, next one. This is a clue to what someone invented in 1945. Think of popcorn. Think of being at home. No, not cinema. Popcorn. You think of popcorn, but then you think of when you're sitting at home, you're watching a film, you think, oh, I'll have some popcorn. What do you do? Microwave. In 1945, uh, engineer Percy Spencer had first discovered the heating powers of microwaves as he worked in a, in a, in a, in a science laboratory and he noticed his chocolate bar in his pocket melted. And then he thought, ah, there might be something in these microwaves and they built the first microwave and the first thing they tested was popcorn. And the second thing he, te te he tested was an egg, and apparently it blew up in his face. Yeah. Okay, let's go through quickly, because we're, we're running out of time now. Next one. That's the first ever... No, not the first ever photograph, but the first ever... Selfie. Yeah. Apparently, in those days, it took you three minutes of standing still before the image would form on the, whatever it formed on. So yeah, that was the first, that was Robert Cornelius, the first ever selfie. Okay, next one. What's this? First model, this was the first ever gold medal. Well, or, well, in the Olympics in 1904, it was the first time they handed out gold medals. And did you know they were pure gold? Up until 1912, when they thought, these gold medals are too expensive to hand out. <laughs> so from then on, and still today, Gold medals are actually silver with gold plating on them. They're not solid gold anymore. Next one. What's this? Oh, that's the Gutenberg Press. Yes, it's the... Oh, that, 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 that's a really accurate... Yeah, that's the Gutenberg Press, the first printing press invented and made by Johannes Gutenberg. And do you know what the first ever book that was printed using a printing press? The Bible, yes, no. Have you had one yet? Yes, the Bible. Yeah, just hold your hand, I'll throw it to your hand. Amazing. Okay, last one. What's this? Noah? The first ever YouTube video <coughs> uploaded. And what was it called? Me at the zoo. Yeah, and it was it was him talking about elephants. Okay, so well done, Noah. All right. Okay. So that's the end of our quiz. I'm sorry if you got your right, you got the answers, but I didn't throw you a chocolate. I didn't hear. These were all firsts, weren't they? Some were very clever. Some were very helpful. Some were a little crazy, like going down a barrel. But some of us really appreciate. I mean, before 1885, was it 1885, Simon? Was it before 1885, there was no x-rays. Has anyone here benefited from an x-ray? Yeah, more than once. Before 1885, there were no x-rays. And then suddenly, poof, they invented them. 
Amazing. So some of these things are really helpful. But there's one thing that man has never been able to solve, fix, or invent a, prob- a, a solution to, and that is... All right. Death. That's the thing that, up until Jesus, man could not solve. Okay? So, right. Have you still got Matthew 12, 40 open? No one could solve the problem of what happened to people after death until Jesus came, that is. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 12, 40, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now when do you think, young people, when do you think Jesus experienced these three days in the heart of the earth? You deferring to Noah, are you? Easter, yeah. It was between Friday afternoon after 3 p.m. when he died, all of Saturday and some of Sunday until he resurrected. So he spent those three days. Friday, Saturday and some of Sunday, he spent, Jesus said, in the heart of the earth. Now what did he mean by the heart of the earth? Where's that? Shaul. Okay, yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about a place called Shaul, or it's got another name as well. Hades, right. Surely, under, under the earth's core, in the heart of the earth, surely it's just molten magma, isn't it? Lava, iron, boron, and all sorts of things. So, where's this heart of the earth? Okay. Well, let's, I, I do apologise for those at the back. Uh, if you can't see the bottom, let's tell you what... Let's move it up a bit. Oh, you'll be there for ages. But don't tell them it's ages. Otherwise, they'll go to sleep. Okay. Here's the problem. Here we have heaven. And God, who is Father... Son, Spirit. All right, and here we have us on the earth facing death. Apart from Enoch. Enoch and Elijah, they go, woo! God did something with them, didn't they? But for the rest of us, we have to go through death. And here's, here's the earth. Okay? Right. So the Bible describes something that all people have already called out. There's a place under the earth which is referred to in the Bible as Hades or Sheol or the place of the dead. Some other religions have a similar theory. They call it the underworld. Okay, And they have gods of the underworld. That's not true, but there is an underworld. There is a place 
in the heart of the earth, as Jesus described. Turn to Luke chapter 10. According to Jesus, there is a place in the heart of the earth called Hades. For those at the back, I'm writing Hades at the bottom of this thing at the bottom there. Luke chapter 10. When Jesus was pronouncing judgment against unbelieving towns, he warned them they would go down to Hades. What does it say in Luke 10 verse 15? It says, And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No. You will go down to Hades. So according to Jesus, according to Old Testament Scripture, according to New Testament Scripture, there is a place in the heart of the earth, underground somewhere, called Hades. Now, Hades is also referred to as Shoal or the grave or the place of the dead. And up until that point, up until when Jesus came to the earth, everyone who died went down to Hades. No matter who they were, Everyone who died went through death and then they went down to this place called Hades. Okay, and you say, well, surely people went to heaven. Well, in John chapter 3, Jesus explains this to Nicodemus. He said, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, meaning himself, the Son of Man. So Jesus is saying, up to that point, no one has gone to heaven except Jesus, who's come from heaven. So everyone goes down to Hades. However, thankfully, for those who died and loved God, Jesus also explained in Luke 16 that Hades has two separate parts. Okay, There's two separate parts to Hades, and in between is a massive chasm, Jesus explained, that no one can cross from one to the other. And one of the part was called hell. And the other part was called paradise. Also, also known as Abraham's bosom. Okay, or Abraham's side. Okay? So there's two parts to Hades. And for those who love God, they would go to the paradise part of Hades and those who didn't love God and follow him went to the hell part of Hades. Now Jesus describes the hell part and he actually describes someone who was there who was was in torment because you think, well, when you go to hell, you go wherever this fiery place is, surely I just disintegrate. But no, the part of you that disintegrates dies at death. Your body gets left behind, doesn't it? But you're a spirit. And you have a soul, and that's the part of you that lives eternally, and you cannot destroy a spirit. So the spirits go to live in hell or paradise. And so there is torment, and there is fire, but you don't get burned up. You just live in this awful torment and pain for eternity, which sounds awful, doesn't it? Which is why Jesus Christ and what he did is such good news. So that is why... Jesus could say, I'm going to spend three days in the heart of the earth, okay? And you say, well, he said to the criminal on the cross, today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. And often we think Jesus is saying, oh, 
He's going up to heaven with Jesus. But where did Jesus go? Did Jesus go to heaven after, in those three days? No. He went to Hades. But he went to the, he was, so he could say to the criminal, because you've repented and turned to me and said, remember me when you come to your kingdom, you've recognised me as your king, you can spend today with me in paradise, which there wasn't any torment, but it was, in a sense, you were imprisoned for a time in the underworld. Okay? So, as Jesus died, let's put, let's put the cross here. Jesus died, didn't he? He took on... Oh, there's a bit of a dodgy cross there. <laughs> Jesus took on our sins, the very sins that, that mean that we do deserve hell and Hades. The sins that separate us from a relationship with a holy and loving and just God. Jesus died and took on our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could claim his forgiveness and no longer be separated, no longer be deserving of eternity separated from God. So Jesus died. Actually, we haven't actually got Jesus coming yet, have we? <laughs> so, the son left heaven, didn't he? Yes? No? And he came to earth as a human being, just like you and I, so that he could pay the price for our sins. Okay. And then he died on the cross. And then where did he go? On Good Friday, he said, I'm going to the heart of the earth. Now, it doesn't make, the heart of the earth doesn't mean his tomb. Okay, the tomb was on the earth, in a rock. He meant, I'm going to Hades. Okay, so Jesus went to Hades. What do you think the devil was expecting? Oh, great, finally. They've crucified him. I've got him. He's coming down to my domain. I'm going to have him. But what do you think happened? What actually happened? <laughs> yeah, Jesus... It said, Jesus overcome the enemy, or the devil, who had the power over death. Okay, so up until this point, and we don't fully understand why, but the enemy has the power over death. And in Revelation, it says that Jesus, Jesus appeared to John and said, Behold, do not be afraid, for I have, well, he said, do not be afraid, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. I was dead, but now I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. So what happened was, Jesus came down in the power of the Holy Spirit. It also says in, um, in somewhere in Peter, it says that he preached to the, the spirits in prison in Hades. So what happened was, not what the enemy was expecting, what happened was, Jesus preached the gospel to those trapped in Hades up until that point because the enemy had the power, the say of where people go. But Jesus, it says in Hebrews, triumphing, triumphing, tri what did he do? Triumph. triumph, yeah. He triumphed over the devil who has the, has the power of death on the cross. He went to Hades, he preached the gospel and he took the keys of Hades and death away from the devil and what happened on the Sunday? He rose, he rose again and appeared, well, I'll put him by that, 
So he's no longer in Hades. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it says, he raised to life again, having taken the keys, the authority, from the devil over death and Hades. He appeared to his disciples and taught them and commanded them to go, preach the good news, make more disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you to do. Okay? And then what happened to Jesus? He ascended. He ascended back to heaven, didn't he? So, potentially, Jesus became the first person to die, resurrect and go to heaven. Now, what happened to those people that Jesus preached in Hades, those spirits that were held captive up until that point? Where did they go? What happened to them? Well, in the Gospel accounts in Luke, it says that on Resurrection Sunday, many of the holy people who had died, I'm guessing, were waiting in paradise. Suddenly, they appeared. Many, it says, appeared to the people in Jerusalem. So maybe there was a prison escape going on and some people maybe went straight to heaven, I don't know, or some people definitely appeared again, resurrected and appeared to people. But the good news is, is that once Jesus ascended back to the Father, who then came to dwell in the hearts of the believers? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee or a deposit guaranteeing your resurrection, guaranteeing your relationship with God. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus' death and his resurrection ascension basically meant that he, the Bible says he was the first of many. So he's the first of many. Who's the many? Us, those that can now be resurrected as soon as we die. We don't have to go to Hades, which is why the enemy said everyone had to go to. That was his domain. He had the authority. He no longer has the authority. Jesus has the authority. And where does Jesus send us? When we die, those who believe in him, who have been forgiven their sins, we go to heaven. We're actually called citizens of heaven. And we're seated already in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when we die, Jesus' resurrection made the way for us to be immediately resurrected. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with who? To be present with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And the Bible describes how when we're baptised, it's symbolic of when you go down in the water, the Bible says that you are going to be buried with Christ. Okay? And when you come out of the water, you are being raised with Christ. His resurrection is your resurrection. It's your promise. So no wonder Jesus was so keen to command new believers, the first thing I want you to do when you become born again and enter my kingdom and have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you as a guarantee of your place in heaven. He said, I want you to be baptised because it symbolises and marks you as someone who's joined with me in my death and has also now joined with me in my resurrection. So his resurrection now becomes our assurance of our resurrection. We no longer have to suffer hell, Hades or any of that. And that's why Jesus' resurrection was so powerful 
and so important. Can you imagine what it would be like if he died and never came back? Mission failed. An empty gospel. All of God's promises would have been null and void, which I guess the the devil was hoping that it would happen. But no, he resurrected, and his resurrection means your promise of eternal life. To close, just turn to John 11. John 11. Teddy. Do you like one of those? John 11.25 What does John 11.25 say? Noah, what does John 11.25 say? Thank you. Now, I'll just repeat it for those at home so they can hear on the microphone. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes? Okay. I've just got one, one thing to change on our, on our picture. And we'll just draw... The cross on its side. And that's what happened. What's what Jesus means. Whoever dies, even though they, they die, they will live for eternity because they live in me. They will never die. They will never experience death as it is, separation from God in hell. They will, because they trust in me, even though they die, they will have eternal life. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Fantastic news.